The time is now. Volume 5, episode 106. This is Employment Law Now, and I am Mike Schmidt, your host of this podcast and the Vice Chair of Labor and Employment at Cozen O'Connor. So much to unwrap here. So much has gone on since we last met. Let's get right to it. When I last left you eight days ago, we had so much happening then. We had on Friday, November 5th, 2021, OSHA's published emergency temporary standard, ETS, just shy of 500 pages of requirements for employers that have more than 100 employees dealing with vaccination and testing and paid leave and other related requirements. We then had the next day, Saturday, November 6th, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals issuing a very terse couple of pages staying enforcement of the ETS pending expedited briefing and review. Oh, what another week brings. Well, so we first find out about this thing called a circuit lottery and ping pong balls that will impact perhaps the life or death of the ETS. We learn about this process that most of us hadn't heard of before. A process where when a federal agency takes action and there are lawsuits challenging that action that get filed in two or more circuit courts, the agency must communicate with the judicial panel on multi-district litigation, the point of which is so that you don't have the same issues being decided over the same matter in more than one circuits around the country It's supposed to save time, resources. Ideally, it's supposed to give you one decision on the merits as opposed to multiple potentially inconsistent decisions around the country. So the agency in that instance must communicate with the judicial panel on multi-district litigation, and that's what OSHA did here when you saw more than one circuit court receiving a petition to challenge the ETS. Once OSHA communicated with the Judicial Panel on Multi-District Litigation, that then triggered a rather extraordinary process. It set in motion a circuit lottery for Tuesday, November 16th, a.k.a. today, where every circuit in which a lawsuit challenging the ETS was filed is essentially given a ping-pong ball placed into a lottery bin. Each circuit gets only one ping-pong ball. Each circuit has the same chance. And at this lottery on November 16th, one circuit is picked randomly, and that circuit gets to decide all of the cases. All of the cases that have been filed get consolidated into one proceeding, and that randomly selected circuit 
is the one to determine the issue ultimately. Oh, what a week we have seen. On the union side, because the NLRB was seemingly getting a little bit jealous of the attention that OSHA was getting, the general counsel of the NLRB, Jennifer Abruzzo, issued a memo on Wednesday, November 12th, 2021, to make sure that it is clear that employers have certain obligations to collectively bargain with their employees' unions over compliance with the ETS. In a nutshell, General Counsel Abruzzo has taken the position that because the ETS gave employers a choice as to whether to either implement a mandatory vaccine-only policy or to implement a hybrid vaccine or testing policy, because there is that discretion given to employers, the decision itself of which policy to implement is a subject of bargaining. And beyond that, General Counsel Abruzzo made clear that what is known as effects bargaining must also take place. In other words, employers have to bargain with their unions over the effects of the decision that they make regarding which mandatory policy will be implemented in compliance with the ETS affects bargaining, in other words, effects of that decision, such as once you make the decision which policy to implement, are you going to provide leave to employees who test positive for COVID-19? What will the penalty be for those employees who do not comply with your policy? So in short, what we learned on Wednesday, November 12th, do not ignore the unions if you have a unionized facility and do not ignore your potential bargaining obligations with respect to the ETS. However, that all of course assumes that there is an ETS to bargain over still, and two other developments these past few days really do, I think, call into question the continuing viability of the ETS. First, because no federal agency at this point is gonna let people enjoy a weekend, on Friday, November 12th, the Fifth Circuit doubled down on its first two-page decision from November 6th, this time issuing a 22-page decision that to me is not just noteworthy for what it says, but how it says it. It is fair to say, I think, that the three Fifth Circuit judges who penned this 22-page decision feel very strongly that the ETS should not be allowed to stand and feel equally strongly about how improperly these three judges believe OSHA has acted. And again, it's not just what they said in their 22 pages, it's how they said it. And let me give you a few examples of what I mean. Right at the start, right at the beginning of this decision, the first sentence says, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration quote, reasonably determined, end quote. And by the way, when you are quoting the words reasonably determined, it is oozing sarcasm. It says the Occupational Safety and Health Administration reasonably determined in June 2020 that an emergency temporary standard was, quote, not necessary, end quote, to protect working people from occupational exposure to infectious disease, including COVID-19, 
end quote. So just from that first sentence, you know right off the bat that, in effect, the Fifth Circuit is mocking OSHA. It goes on in that same first paragraph to say, quote, in fact, in its 50-year history, OSHA has issued just 10 ETSs. Six were challenged in court. Only one survived. And you read the decision and you come away sort of struck by some of the language that the court uses when describing even the procedural posture of the case. So on page three of the decision, the court refers to what OSHA did as coming up with a decision that it, quote, framed as an ETS, end quote. On page six of the decision, it refers to the fact that Quote, on the dubious assumption that the mandate does pass constitutional muster, which we need not decide today. So on the one hand, the court is saying we don't have to, in this decision, decide the constitutionality of the ETS. But anyone who assumes that it is going to pass constitutional muster, ultimately, let it be known that we believe that is a dubious assumption. The sentence continues. Quote, it is nonetheless fatally flawed on its own terms. Fatally flawed on its own terms. And it refers to the prescriptions in the ETS as strained prescriptions. Again, keeping with this theme that it is essentially mocking OSHA. On the next page, page 7 of this decision, it referred to what has now been sort of well stated in many news outlets now. It refers to the fact that President Biden's administration poured over the U.S. code in search of authority or a workaround for imposing a national vaccine mandate. And for those who don't know what is being referred to by the term workaround, in a footnote, The Fifth Circuit reminds everybody that back on September 9th, 2021, White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain retweeted on Twitter a tweet that was posted by MSNBC anchor Stephanie Rule that stated, quote, OSHA doing this vax mandate as an emergency workplace safety rule is the ultimate workaround for the federal government to require vaccinations. And again, on September 9th, the White House Chief of Staff apparently retweeted, in other words, suggested that he was in favor of the MSNBC's anchor, noting that this was nothing more than an attempt to work around the rules. The Fifth Circuit noted that retweet in its decision. Moving on to page 16 of the decision, The court says, quote, if the deficiencies we've already covered aren't enough, other miscellaneous considerations seal the mandate's fate. And again, the language is significant, not because it is so clear how they feel about OSHA and how they feel about this mandate. But again, essentially, this is really injunctive relief. This is really not, you know, ultimate relief that we will likely uh, now get from the Sixth Circuit. But it's talking in language that sounds so permanent. There are considerations that, quote, seal the mandate's fate. 
and they really rely on two particular points. First, the Fifth Circuit holds that the ETS likely exceeds the federal government's authority under the Commerce Clause because the Fifth Circuit believes that the ETS is impermissibly trying to regulate non-economic inactivity that is otherwise squarely within the police power of the individual's states. And as the Fifth Circuit says, a person's choice to remain unvaccinated as well as to forego regular testing is non-economic inactivity that again is outside the federal government's authority and instead within the police power of individual states. In other words, OSHA does not have authority to regulate that type of inactivity. Second, the Fifth Circuit says, concerns over separation of powers principles cast doubt over the ETS's assertion of virtually unlimited power to control individual conduct under the guise of a workplace regulation. So the Fifth Circuit goes to great lengths to conclude that the petitioners who are challenging the ETS, quote, show a great likelihood of success on the merits. And this fact weighs critically in favor of a stay, end quote. Fifth Circuit didn't just say it shows a likelihood of success on the merits. It specifically says shows a great likelihood of success on the merits. And then we get to the issue of irreparable harm. Beyond just having to show a likelihood of success on the merits when seeking a stay, you also need to show that there would be irreparable harm caused if a stay were not granted. And the Fifth Circuit here, again, was very strong in its language. Quote, it is clear that a denial of the petitioner's proposed stay would do them irreparable harm. Not only does the ETS threaten to substantially burden the liberty interests of those individuals who are faced to have a choice between what the court refers to as their job and their jab. But on the contrary, the Fifth Circuit has held that a stay of enforcement will do OSHA no harm whatsoever. Quote, any interest OSHA may claim in enforcing an unlawful and likely unconstitutional ETS is illegitimate. And the decision goes on in a very powerful way to end, as strongly as it did its beginning. For these reasons, the petitioner's motion for a stay pending review is granted. Enforcement of the Occupational Safety and Health Administration's ETS remains stayed pending adequate judicial review of the petitioner's underlying motion for a permanent injunction. And as if that wasn't clear enough, the very last sentence of this decision, quote, in addition, it is further ordered that OSHA take no steps to implement or enforce the mandate until further court order. If nothing else, that also, I think, speaks to the somewhat open issue from November 6th as to whether the Fifth Circuit's initial two-page decision imposed a nationwide stay as opposed to just a stay impacting those within the Fifth Circuit. It seems pretty clear now that this was and is a nationwide stay, further ordering that OSHA take no steps to implement or enforce the mandate until further court order. 
So not knowing whether it would ultimately be the chosen circuit once the November 16th circuit lottery comes, it does seem like the Fifth Circuit uh, decided to issue a detailed and rather scathing analysis to at least provide a roadmap to whichever circuit is selected and probably make it difficult for that circuit to make a counter-argument in favor of the ETS and ultimately lift the stay that has now been issued by the Fifth Circuit. In total, 34 petitions have been ultimately filed in all 12 circuits. Some believe, I think, that the later filings were designed to get into the ping-pong lottery. Some circuits that had a more democratic majority, remember, only those circuits where a petition for review had been filed can participate in the lottery and uh, be in play to be that chosen circuit. So there were there are some that believe that some of these petitions were filed in certain circuit courts that were more democratic in nature so that there was at least some chance that the democratic run or democratic controlled circuits uh, would be selected in the November 16th lottery. Interestingly enough, earlier today, in a somewhat defeatist-sounding post on its website, OSHA specifically came out and said that it was suspending all implementation and all enforcement of its ETS. All activities surrounding implementation and enforcement of the ETS, it was suspending everything in light of the Fifth Circuit's decision, even though OSHA says that it is confident ultimately that it will succeed in its arguments favoring the ETS. And then just this afternoon, Tuesday, November 16th, 2021, as if millions were home, ticket in hand, waiting for the Powerball numbers to be read, we learned that the lottery was in fact conducted in Washington, D.C. And the Sixth Circuit, the Sixth Circuit, based in Cincinnati, Ohio, was the big winner in today's random circuit lottery. And now all of the filed petitions around the country to challenge the ETS have been consolidated into one proceeding that is now before the Sixth Circuit. Let's take a step back and realize what I just said and what just happened. This momentous generational occasion to address a monumental generational federal agency regulation that will impact millions of people and businesses one way or the other was ultimately decided by a random ping pong ball. Let that sink in for a moment. So at this point, there are some things that we know and there are some things that we don't know when it comes to next steps now that the Sixth Circuit has won the circuit lottery. What do we know? Well, the Sixth Circuit is generally known to lean somewhat conservative. There are 28 active and senior status judges, 20 of whom, the vast majority, were appointed by Republican presidents. On another side note, if people want to know why it's so important when presidents get to appoint federal judges around the country, this is a reminder as to why that is so important 
regardless of what side of the political aisle you were on. Here is what we don't know. We don't know yet which three of those Sixth Circuit judges will be randomly assigned to hear and determine the consolidated proceeding. Three of them will be assigned. We'll know more about perhaps the likelihood of the result here once we learn which three Sixth Circuit judges will be assigned to hear and determine this proceeding. We don't know, and it'll be largely impacted by which judges obviously get assigned. We don't know yet if the Sixth Circuit will lift the stay that has been issued in the rather detailed 22-page Fifth Circuit decision, or whether the Sixth Circuit will issue another death knell for the ETS. If the stay is lifted, will the deadlines be pushed off? We know that essentially there are two deadlines here. The beginning of December for all of the obligations and requirements in the ETS, except with respect to the testing option, if you as an employer are implementing a policy that allows for a testing option. If you do, then it is January 4th as your deadline to make sure that people are fully vaccinated or require them to be tested. The fourth thing that is really up in the air still, will the United States Supreme Court get involved? It's likely that they will. We expect that the Supreme Court will get involved at some point. The big question is, when will that be? Remember, at most, this ETS had a six-month shelf life until May 5th, 2022 anyway, because it is a temporary standard. So what to do now, employers? There are many prognosticators, and I must say myself included, who do have serious doubts over whether this ETS will now survive, given the procedural posture and where we are. But the better option is not to just expect that the ETS will not survive, but at least for the moment, the better option is for employers to continue to at least plan in the event the ETS does get restored so that you are not scrambling, also particularly if the deadlines do not get extended. We suspect there will be new developments quickly over the next few days. Once we hear which Sixth Circuit judges are assigned to this proceeding, we'll see what the Biden administration and OSHA decide to do in the coming days and weeks, and there will be a lot to talk about. Keep it right here. Keep it right here. Keep it right here. I will continue to keep you abreast of what is going on with this OSHA ETS and all things COVID-19. Also, feel free to follow me on Twitter at mschmidtemplaw. That is at mschmidtemplaw. Follow me on Twitter. I do comment every so often in the number of characters that I am permitted on these issues. Thank you so much for listening as always. Thank you so much for the great feedback uh, that you've been sending to me by email and otherwise. If you have questions, if you have comments, please do reach out. Otherwise, until the next time, I hope all of your labor is productive.
Oh, 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 oh,